Yo, what up? This is Dart Adams, and this is episode 56 of Dart Against Humanity. So my previous episode of Dart Against Humanity, I did an entire episode talking about uh, role-playing games and how it was an entry point for a lot of writers and creators. And I also brought and I brought up the fact that uh, playing role-playing games is a recurring trope or a device used in a lot of television and film. And I said the reason why that is is that a lot of the writers and creators of said shows across the board were the person either playing the DM or GM role or were sitting at that table participating. It's just a fact of life. It's, it's reality. I also said that one of the uh, things that made it popular recently is that it's a recurring theme in Stranger Things. Well, there was another thing that happened in Stranger Things that... I felt was pretty interesting and it's kind of reared its head recently. So there's a discussion between um, Erica Sinclair and Dustin. And Erica likes to go around the mall calling people nerd. That's her thing. She just calls people nerd. And Dustin stops her and says, um, you keep calling people nerd, but you're a nerd too. Then he breaks down all the things that she does that Fill the nerd quota. That the nerd have the nerd requirements that are nerdy. And she's taken aback because she can't really wrap her brain around her actually being a nerd herself. Because again, she doesn't have that kind of um self-awareness. She can make fun of other people. But she can't realize that the shit she does herself might possibly be nerdy. Now, when we think about nerdery or we think about nerds, whatever, there's the stereotypical uh, view or image that we have in our heads. Um, we usually reduce it to social awkwardness, lack of social skills, inability to interact with your peer group, uh, Win friends, influence people, uh, someone who can't recognize social cues. They don't understand uh, concepts like personal space. They typically are like unkempt, have horrible clothes, bad hygiene. Um, and a lot of this is due to insulation or isolation because they're typically studying or engaging in some practice. Or discipline that's, you know, just not popular for whatever reason, right? So that lack of human interaction results in them be having malformed um, social skills. And this is what people typically think of nerds. This is what a nerd is to most people, all right? They have this image in their head that might be... Um, Screech from Saved by the Bell or Urkel from Family Matters or the fucking nerds from Save uh, for Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, that was a franchise. Damn. So that's their idea of what a nerd is. It's something that you can instantly recognize. Pocket protector, high water pants, high voice. That's a nerd. Eh, problem. That's not necessarily how a nerd always presents. So let's look up the definition of what a nerd actually is. What's the textbook definition of a nerd? 
Bam. Nerd. Noun. Informal. First definition is a foolish or contemptible person who lacks social skills or is boringly studious. Okay. The second definition is a single-minded expert in a particular technical field. I repeat, the first definition is a foolish or contemptible person who lacks social skills or is boringly studious. All right. The second definition is a single-minded expert in a particular technical field. Here's the problem with these two definitions. First, you can be a foolish or contemptible person who lacks social skills and be an absolute moron. You can be an idiot. Or is boringly studious. Somebody who studies all the time, who doesn't pursue things that other people do, that don't really care about societal uh, pressures or how other people view them. So they're an individual. That would make you a nerd because you're not caving to peer pressure and doing what other people are doing. Weird. So then the other side is that a single minded expert in a particular technical field, which has nothing to do with uh, a lack of social skills or being awkward or socially inept. Under that definition, that could be Bruce Wayne slash Batman. There's a joke on social media that Batman can do anything with prep time. Batman with prep time. Batman sits around and devises situations that may never happen, but just in case, because he's that much of a control freak. Batman sits around and studies everyone. Every little piece of minutia goes through your personality, uh, tracks your uh, reactions, says things to try to gauge your reaction so he can predict what you might do in the event of. Batman pretty much plays 3D chess with people. Okay? He's called the world's greatest detective. You don't get to be the world's greatest detective unless your ass is a nerd. Only difference is that that same energy that he puts into studying and reading and all these other things, he puts into his body. So he lifts, he works out. But also, that's part of studying because he practices something, he exercises it. You can do that with your mind, you can do that with your body. You can, it's not mutually exclusive. So, the idea that somebody can be technically great at something or have a deep well of knowledge of something can be nerdy and qualify them for being a nerd all on its own. That's been established. Okay. So again, that brings us back to the original idea of what a nerd is, right? So nerd is usually it's a derogatory term. 
It's used for people that are overly intellectual, obsessive, introverted, or lack social skills or social graces. It's a, it's usually based on a stereotype. And nerd is usually a slur. It's a pejorative term. Uh, you don't want to be called one. A nerd means that you're awkward, you're weird, and you're undesirable. When you're in junior high or high school, the last thing you want to be considered is a nerd. Problem is, if you actually want to be good at something or excellent at something, it's going to be hard to not reach that level without being a fucking nerd. You just can't. And the other thing is that when you get older, you realize something. Oh, yeah. All that art that I like to consume, all my favorite stuff, all my favorite shows, my favorite movies, my favorite books, those Netflix series that I, I enjoy, the ones on Hulu, the cartoons that we like, those, all of those things are created by um, people who we would term, who we would call nerds. Yeah, that's what they are. But if I say that KRS-One's a nerd, people are like, no, because being Gen Xers, they have the memory of a nerd being something that you do not want to be. If someone calls you a nerd, you have to fight them. However, these are the same people who would call somebody a nerd and make fun of them. And then 20 years later, that motherfucker has a job doing something that you really enjoy. And they're able to use <laughs> these skills that they accumulated and honed from their years and years and years and being a fucking nerd to make something great. Now, here's the thing. You can absolutely be a nerd and not have any social awkwardness attached to you. Matter of fact, here's the thing that people don't realize. Uh, people grow up. They blossom. Some people are late bloomers. And there's this thing that on like recently uh, people call like the glow up, right? There's also this thing called, um, uh, damn, what's it called? Um, uh, puberty. Yeah, that it's not new. The person you were when you were in sixth grade and seventh grade and eighth grade and ninth grade ain't necessarily the motherfucker you are 10th, 11th and 12th. That girl who was wearing overalls, didn't know how to do her hair, might not be that same girl by the time she gets to 10th. So you was treating her like trash back in 6th or 7th grade. Now in 10th grade, you're talking about how big her forehead is because you're trying to soften her up because you're going to ask her to the prom. The hell. She still plays clarinet. She still plays arcade games. 
she still is in the fucking horses, but she's hot now because her cousin got sick of seeing her walk around the school looking like trash and started helping her out, getting her hair done, teaching her how to dress and stuff like that because one of her family members went to her and was like, you can't have that girl walking around the school looking like that. And then started having her hang out with her friends. So over time, she starts understanding how to interact with her peers. She still has A's and B's, still trying to get into um, Vassar. But because of her outward appearance, people ain't calling her a nerd no more, but she still is. That's what we're dealing with here. So when I so when somebody says something like Nipsey Hussle ain't a nerd and then people on Twitter are like Nipsey Hussle made a PC from spare parts when he was a kid and he was a honor student when he was young. So. Eh. So you trying to tell me that Biggie was a was a nerd. Um, let's see. Biggie was an um, honor student when he was young. His mom was a teacher, uh, taught him how to use his words. She would make him write poems or poetry. Uh, he got so good with the English language that when he got 16, he was able to battle rap people off the top of his head like a champ. Tupac Secure was a theater kid. He was an actor. He wrote poetry. He did drama. He was good at all of them. But y'all know him for Pac, the dude that shot police in the ass. He's still the same guy. You know, Scarface, all-time great MC, used to study the Bible with his grandmother, like, Come on. People don't get good at things by magic. If you believe the idea that Gladwell put forth in um, Outliers that people have to put forth 10,000 hours of study, of man hours of study or practice, a practical application before they become great at something or become adept at something. That has to be something that you do. You actually have to do it. You can't learn these things through osmosis. So the idea that nobody in the field who's good at something at any point had nerd traits is fucking ridiculous. Now, how did we get to this point? Well, what happened was how it always starts. I was on Twitter. So. I'm on Twitter. Minding my own damn business. And there's a tweet that comes down. And it basically says something to the effect of. Um, Rap is a lot of nerds now. Gary Suarez tweets this. Rap is a lot of nerds. In response to somebody else on the 17th. My response was, fun fact, it always was. No one is as obsessed with vocabulary, delivery, meter, flow, personification, metaphors, punchlines, internal rhymes, and intricate patterns inside poetry 
or musical minutia and talking, debating about music than nerds are. And that made the rounds around the internet. That tweet went viral. And a lot of people jumped in my mentions talking about uh, hip hop isn't these there's there's no nerds in hip hop. And I'm like, um, yeah, it is. So I had a debate with somebody and I asked them, how did Cool Herc discover where breaks were on records? How did Grandmaster Flash build, invent the first crossfader before they actually existed? Who was the person who came up with the idea to go to a streetlight, jury rig it, figure out how to get the wires out, and then use that to power the park or the equipment for jams? Or block parties? What kind of technical knowledge... Do you have to have to do that? Think about that. Then, like, they were throwing out these names. Like, you so you try and say 50 Cent's a nerd? There's a story about 50 Cent where there was a company in his neighborhood uh, owned by a company called Glusso, I think. It was called Vitamin Water. So he would see Vitamin Water, see it around. And so he decided to do independent research on his own and he figured out how much stock prices cost and figured out where it was bottled and all this other stuff so he goes to his friend rest in peace Chris Lighty and he comes up to Chris Lighty he's like hey I have an idea there's this company I enjoy their product but I want to get involved I want to I want to help them out so I want to do a partnership with them my name my branding can actually help them sell their product, which I enjoy and I think other people will. And I actually like to, you know, come up with flavors and stuff like that. So they have a meeting, whatever, they do it. Bam. Vitamin water has Formula 50, it's grape flavored, is a purple color, all this other stuff. They start putting it in um in different spa- in different places. It starts selling. The stock goes up. It does amazingly well. You know the story. The company gets bought. 50 Cent has a windfall. Only a nerd would study things to that point. 50 Cent would battle people. He would study them. He would learn their traits. He figured out what made them tick, what would make them react, how to get them into a corner. He understood the effectiveness of words. 50 cents once 50 cent once said in an interview on on beef that rap is amazing because you can be effective saying words and rhyming without even knowing necessarily how to spell the words you're using or necessarily 100 percent of the time how to actually use them or what their definitions are. That is super aware. You have to be super aware to understand that. 
50 Cent's first album when he was signed to a major on Columbia was supposed to be called The Power of the Dollar. It was going to be a concept album, a high concept album based around money. The average idiot who just raps can't pull that type of shit off, wouldn't think to do it. Rakim was called Kid Wizard Rakim at ages 16 and 17 in Wine Danch. Um, performing, rhyming. In 1986, he records the famous single that changes rap forever with Eric B. In order to come up with a style that is so different from everything out there and not care when people laughed when they saw him perform or do it for the first time, like, uh, MC Shannon Marley Mall when he delivered for the first time in the studio. They're like, what is he doing? Like, how's this supposed to go over in that session? And it changed everything. You have to not care what everyone else is doing and just stick to your guns. And that's hard to do in this day and age in society. And the people that do that the most and walk to the beat of their own drummer or are odd ducks are typically nerds and nobody wants to be considered a nerd because it is something that you want to avoid you want to avoid being othered but if it works for you it works for you so the idea that there's this pushback especially with black folks Black folks and Latinos, people in the hood. Oh, that you nah, you, you stop saying that there's nerd shit in hip hop. There's no nerd shit. And I'm like, um, actually, a bunch of guys studying records and chasing them all over the city to try to figure out what every break is. That's pretty fucking nerdy, bro. Have you ever listened to rap lyrics and the references in them? Or the sheer amount of study that people do or the honing of their skills that people do in order to get good at rap you can't be good at it without being a nerd on some level do me a favor read watch it go to youtube watch an interview with dj quick watch dj quick talk music dj quick is known as being a gangster all right let's that motherfucker talk about music I could bring DJ Quick to any institute of higher learning, any music school worth their salt. If I could, I would bring DJ Quick to Berklee College of Music, Emerson College. Uh, I bring him to the archive, um, the hip hop archive at Harvard, at the Hutchins Center. This man is supposed to be a gangster in every way, shape, and form. But this dude, listen to him talk. Listen to him speak. And someone else um, tweeted, oh, so you're trying to say T.I.? T.I. is a nerd? And my response was, in caps, all caps, have you ever heard Tip Harris speak before? That's all I tweeted. I didn't get a response. Nary a one. I ain't hear shit back from that person. It got RT'd a lot. So I guess they got the point. 
The idea that, no, there possibly couldn't be anything nerdy about anything hip or cool or anything that I like. You're a fucking moron. For the most part, great art is created through nerd shit. Like, yo, you seen True Blood? You know who made True Blood? You know who came up with the idea of True Blood? You know who pushed True Blood through? The people that produced uh, uh, True Blood? A bunch of fucking nerds. Game of Thrones. Nerdiest shit ever. Y'all sitting around watching people run from dragons and cut each other open. It's nerd shit. You like Barry? Barry's nerdy too. Think about Breaking Bad. It's a bunch of drug dealers. One of them's a teacher. And they're talking about making drugs. Now, here's another thing. Growing up in the hood, uh, having to fight people because you might know a lot more. People feel threatened. and But the thing is that People feel threatened. They want to other you. They want to make fun of you. You whoop their ass. Then, you know, they let you They let you live. They let you rock. But one thing that my drug dealer friends, I understood really soon, early on, was that when I was in class, I had a class uh, senior year at English High, college chemistry two. That means that I had two other chemistry classes. My first chemistry class was at Boston Latin. My other two were in English. I had chemistry, I had college chemistry one, and then I had college chemistry two when I was a senior. In those classes, those two classes of English, I realized very quickly that this is basically what my drug dealer friends do. And that is some nerd shit. Just sit in a lab. Just mixing stuff up, chemicals, figuring out when to do this. A lot of stuff happens by feel. And you know what reaction is going to happen and when this happens. And you time it right. And all and all this stuff that happens. That is nerdy. It is baking to another level. And that's another thing. When I start, when I was doing a lot of, um, when I was in the um, lab a lot. That's when like I would just bake because... There was a lot of following directions and it was just familiar. And then when I would like be around my drug dealer friends or whatever, they would just be talking about, you know, the process and what you do and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, yo, all this shit is connected. Like you could have been a fucking pharmacist. You could have done all this other stuff in labs. You could have done all this technical work, but it just happens that it's just applied differently. And that's another thing too. um, being a hustler. That is some of the nerdiest shit in the world. To create an opportunity in a void and try to eke out a living in that space and try to find a way to make a dollar or dollars in any way, shape, or form you can, trying to flip a situation, trying to take advantage of something. That people just overlook that. They don't realize what a skill that is. They don't realize how much intelligence that takes. They don't realize 
that that is a nerdy fucking pursuit. When you have to study people or a situation or assess something or extrapolate things, you're pretty much playing 3D chess with people. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of um, anticipation going on. That's fucking nerdy. When you make prognostications based on how something might go, based on how it went before. That's what futurists do. I look at the um the current uh climate and based on how things are going, this is how things might shake out over 6 months, over 9 months, over a year, 18 months, 2 years. And you have to account for this. Do you realize how fucking nerdy that is? How much math is involved? But of course it can't be nerdy because it's not nerdy because there's nothing nerdy involved in anything we do. It's the dumbest shit in the world. How can you not see it when it's right in front of your face? Drives me insane. So there's the stigma around being a nerd because people conflate being a nerd with being a geek. Now, let's look up geek definition. Geek versus nerd. Bam. So. Geeks are typically uh, the definition of a geek are people that are fans. Of a particular thing. Versus nerds who are practitioners of them. Interesting. A geek is usually an enthusiast of a particular topic or field. And they're obsessed with newer, cooler, trendier things that that subject has to offer. Whether, whereas a nerd is a studious intellectual, although a gain of a particular topic or field, nerds are achievement oriented and focus their efforts on acquiring knowledge and skill over trivia and memorabilia. Interesting. So, there's a difference between being a geek and being a nerd. But nerds can do geeky shit and geeks can do nerdy shit. But there's a point where they diverge. But people just conflate the two because it's all something away from the beaten path of what they do. Now, here's the thing, right? There are people who are just hyper into stuff. I don't get it. I could go to Comic-Con, but I'm going to be me. I'm not going to get in um, cosplay. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. I'm just not going to go that far. I'm just, I can't see make myself be that into one thing. I like a lot of stuff. And I like a lot of stuff for a lot of reasons. 
if you've been listening, this is the 56th episode of Dart Against Humanity. It's clear that I am, I have interests, a wide range of interests, but I have a lot of knowledge in a bunch of fields. I am not somebody who's going to do a podcast about one subject and be laser focused on one thing because that's not where all my interest lies. Like this is technically a music podcast. And what am I talking about right now? Because I'm talking about this in terms of music. If I was if I go on my phone, I'm using my phone right now. I have a bunch of apps that are related to music. I have Discogs. You know, I have like a bunch of a bunch of apps that I use for music or I go on. I have bookmarks on my laptop. All related to like music or film or television. Uh, This other thing I just did recently was um, I'm trying to figure out release dates of video games of Nintendo games for the next podcast that I do. It's going to be number 57. I'm going to do a podcast basically around um, summer of 89 and what that meant for Nintendo with the uh, um, impending releases of this uh, Sega Genesis, then the TurboGrafx-16, I think they're the fourth generation systems, as um, they're coming out of the uh, 1989 CES, which I think was in Chicago that year, and they were faced with uh, coming under fire for not being for wanting to sue a video stores for renting Nintendo games. So I'm going through all this, uh, all these different like old articles and websites and PDFs and all this stuff for a podcast that I'm going to do two weeks from now. That's fucking insane. And here's the other thing too. Um, So... I was talking about uh, an earlier podcast. I was talking about uh, my another project that I do on the side that I work with for Boston and Mathematic Athletics. And the thing that we do is that we want to do like the Boston Legends collection. We had the first collection last summer. This summer is the second collection. And the first release is um, Dana Barrows's Zaverian number 11 uniform throwback from um, 1981 to 85. Well, that podcast just went live Thursday. So today would be Friday, yesterday, Thursday. It just went live Thursday. Right now, it's only up on um, Anchor and Spotify, but it's going to add um, new distributors as it goes on. Now, I researched for that interview, did the interview, then we did the uh, the photo shoot, went, did the photo shoot, then worked with everybody, put up the podcast, it's up. Then I promoted the podcast all yesterday, 
And as I was promoting the podcast all yesterday, doing all that work, I was getting ready to do this particular podcast about the shit I was doing on Twitter. Re-nerd stuff. That's nonstop work, attention to detail. I have nothing but papers on my own. On my table, which would normally be a dinner table, is just full of papers and lists and information and minutiae. I know nerd shit when I see it. I can recognize it. And the idea that other people see it and they push back and they're just so scared of the idea that something that they like or something that they love could have could could be called nerdy in a way, way, shape or form makes me laugh because it's that instant pushback. They're not even considering it because no, it can't possibly be. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, who do you think makes the music you like? Think about it. A lot of socially awkward people who are sometimes introverts or if they are extroverts and they are well um, well-rounded people then they're still nerds that's the thing you can be a nerd and be weird you could be a nerd and be well-rounded and present like a like a normal person that still doesn't stop the fact you're a nerd. Here's the thing that kills me the most. Have you ever uh, watched a TV show or a profile on somebody or read one and the person, they help out the needy. They, they uh, volunteer at the shelter. Um, they play in the band. Uh, they have a, a 3.8 uh, grade point average. They're salutatorian or valedictorian of their class. They were a uh, Cub Scout. I mean, they're, they were a, a, a scout, a scout leader or whatever the fuck. Um, Eagle Scout, that shit. Head quarterback. I mean, head quarterback. There's one quarterback, QB1. So they're the quarterback. You know, they're, they're getting recruited by all these different schools. Likely they want to pick Stanford. Um, the kid has a girlfriend, um, who, who wants to attend fucking, um, Cal Berkeley or some shit. But the thing is that kid's a fucking nerd. Just because he can be on the cover of Sports Illustrated does not mean that kid's not a fucking nerd. Just because he can throw a football 70 miles or yards, because who could throw 70 miles? That doesn't make him not be a nerd. That girl on that runway, or on, in that magazine cover, or who just got picked to be on the cover of um, The Hollywood Reporter, she can still be a fucking nerd. Zendaya. You look at her, gorgeous girl, awkward as fuck, doesn't like leaving her house. She's funny, but at the same time, you can tell she'd rather not.
Really good actress. Great attention to detail. Excellent singer. She's likely a nerd. Why people think that it's not possible for her to be both or anybody to be both or someone to be cool or someone you like or admire and still be a fucking nerd beyond me. It's just like there's this thing where it just shuts off in your brain that doesn't allow for it to be a possibility. You can't even entertain it. Like I was talking earlier about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee got picked on when he was a kid because he was part Caucasian and because he liked to read and he he wore glasses. What does he do? He's like, yo, I need to learn how to fight. Family finds Ipman. Ipman trains him. Ipman tells him about philosophy and all these other things. Bruce goes deeper into it. He takes it to the next level. He sees himself improve. The kids start fucking with him. He starts whooping their ass. Then he starts seeing himself improve and he, he throws himself into studies. He throws himself into training. He joins a gang. They do the rooftop fights in Hong Kong. He gets good to the point where also... Homie was a cha-cha champion. Homie would dance, go to the dances. They'd be like, uh, man, I'm mad dance with your girl. And it wasn't really a question. You gonna let that boy dance with your girl because he can whoop your ass. Bruce Lee, still a fucking nerd, still reading books, still wearing glasses, still working in restaurants, still running around after his parents because people like to make fun of him because he was a child actor and all the other stuff. But guess what? Motherfucker's still a nerd. Left for America. Went to college. Was a teacher doing all the other shit. Still a nerd. But you see him on TV and like, oh, Bruce Lee. He was, he exuded this and this and that and this and that. But at his core, that motherfucker was reading books like a motherfucker writing them. That's some nerd shit. I should know. Just the idea that you can't possibly be both. Martin Luther King Jr. When did he graduate high school again? When did he start college? Hmm? Wasn't that boy like a, a, a young minister? When, how old was he when he got his doctorate? I mean, when he got his master's? Do the math. I'm saying. H. Rap Brown. Listen to that man talk. Look at how old he was. Fred Hampton. How he was commanding audiences. The maturity that he had for his age. He was a prodigy. That shit doesn't, that shit does not take away from the fact that you can possibly tag these people as nerds. That doesn't take away from anything else. That doesn't make them less cool. It's still a possibility. All you got to do is look at the definition of the word. Oh, yeah. It's not a pejorative thing. Regardless of how it was viewed or what it meant or it being a slur damn near back in the days. It's a word and words have definitions. Regardless of their old connotations. So, yes, rap and hip hop could still be some of the nerdiest shit in the world and still be cool.
You trying to tell me that Sean Price the nerd? He'll tell you that. He would have told you that. He did. Me and Sean used to go back and forth about shit like um, Puck from Alpha Flight. The conversations that me, Dallas Penn, Combat Jack, all these other cats had was about some old deep-seated comic book shit, movie shit, that only people that were immersed in certain things and a certain genre of things could understand. We would talk about the nerdiest shit and enjoy it. And, okay, here's another thing. I'm going to close with this. My boy Dana Scott and I used to do a radio show. It was Dana's radio show. Need to say that. His show was called Musonomics. So, we had a guest. The guest asked us, why do we always say that we're, it's this, the show is full of um, music and uh, hip hop nerdery. He's like, y'all, y'all ain't really nerds. And we looked at him and we said, um, man, we just talked about 30 year old obscure rap albums, referenced comic books and video games for the entire show. And um, where is this show located? And he said, MIT, we're doing a rap radio show at MIT. And you don't think that there's no nerd shit involved in this? And the look on his face was like, oh, oh, like, think about how Grandmaster Flash engineered the first crossfader before one existed. Think about how he came up with the way to do the spin back on records. It was math. Think about how cool DJ Herc came up with the merry-go-round style or the method. Think about that. Think about how Melly Mel and his brother came up with the non-stop rapping technique. Grand Wizard Theodore being a child prodigy scratching and coming up with the needle drop because he could see where the groove was on the record where the break began at a young age. Africa Bambata memorizing a ton of obscure records and having a database inside his head. The Treacherous Three coming up with the fast rapping style to, to add on to what Melly Mel and Kid Creole did. This is all nerd shit on the highest level. And people saw it and they added on and they added on and they added on and they improved on it. Graffiti was the same way. Think about the geometry involved, the colors the um the style ele- evolutions that that occurred a lot of that shit is math you're going to look at a train and you know how big the piece is going to be top to bottom you have to count for the windows 
You know how big your letters are going to be. You spaced that out and done the math in your head from a piece that you have in your notebook. How it's going to play out on a train without having a tape measure with you. This is fucking magic. This is as nerdy as nerdy shit can get. But no, because it's hip hop, because it's cool, it can't possibly be some, be some nerd shit. Are you stupid? Of course it can be. Get the fuck out of here. <sighs> so anyway, yeah, man. Um, Again, my other podcast just started. First episode, Dana Barrows, the Boston Legend podcast. Right now, the only distributors are Anchor and Spotify. There should be more distributors added as the podcast uh, goes on in life and as it grows and as time passes. So be on the lookout for that. Also, with the podcast, there's going to be, it's already live now, the pre-order for um, the Dana Barrels Zavarian number 11 uh, shorts. And um, jersey. The jerseys are 100. The shorts are 70. Um, the shorts have deep pockets. Well made. Everything fits true to size. Uh, it's just high quality. You're going to fully enjoy it. Um, if you go to 4BostonIVBoston.com and look under jersey and shorts, you'll see... Not only um, the Dana Barrels pre-order, but you would actually order right now and cop the um, the Chris Heron Durfee joint. Uh, Chris Heron recently did a, a documentary with ESPN, uh, The First Day. Amazing. So if you want to represent that and um, the Heron Foundation, please buy uh, jerseys or shorts from um, ForBoston.com. Uh, that's my time next week. I'm going to do the whole, um, Nintendo thing, talking about the fourth generation and Nintendo re- being, being at a crossroads and, uh, renting games and what happened in Nintendo between June and July, 1989, leading into August. It's a big deal. It's a lot. Uh, would have done it this week, but it was just so much information. And I was doing the thing with the, um, with the four Boston, I mean, with the four Boston mathematic athletics joint for the, um, the Boston Legends um, drop, but yeah, man, I hope I hope y'all kind of understood what the hell I was talking about. <laughs>